Hello, all my beautiful strangers. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your patience as I work to get the last of these episodes that will close out season three. Normally, I would have done it by now before the end of the year. However, I have taken on a new career path and a new job, which has me working on a cruise ship for six months. As you can probably hear the surface noise in the background, which I cannot get rid of, but I have not gone anywhere. I am not leaving. When I return and this contract is over, I will come back full force and continue the Madonna get together where I will be able to interact more with you when I have better Wi-Fi and more time available to me. But thank you again for your patience. These episodes were recorded in mid-November of 2023. So if they sound a little outdated while you're hearing them now, it is because they are a little outdated. Uh, But it took a while for me to get some good Wi-Fi to download these episodes and have a little time for me to work on them to get them out to you. So please enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Madonna Get Together podcast. I am your host, Wayne. We are back to talk about another Madonna album and project that I actually like, considering that it was a hard piece of candy I had to swallow to do the last episode when we talked about the hard candy (laughs) album. But also, can we talk about the events that have transpired since that episode? Like the Britney's book, The Woman and Me, which depicts exactly who I've always thought Justin Timberlake is, and then Timberland then telling Justin he should have put a muzzle on Britney for writing that book. <laughs> well, Madonna has since unfollowed both of them. Yep. Uh, my only hope is that Madonna recreates that album without either of them on there or creates a new EP that only includes the Pharrell songs. That would be a dream. But anyway, back to today's topic. We are discussing MDNA, and I am joined by a licensed therapist, as well as a fellow thespian who I had the pleasure of being in a production of A Christmas Story with. Uh, From a young age, Madonna has influenced her and validated her as a woman, and that it is okay to feel different about your own sexuality. Loving the idea of self-expression and self-sufficiency, Madonna's music has allowed her to feel all the emotions when she's needed to feel empowered, rage, sadness, all of it. Please welcome my friend and fellow Madonna fan, Lauren, to the show. How are you doing, Lauren? Uh, Wayne, I am doing wonderful. Uh, I'm going to go back to what one of your friends said in one of the last episodes of the Madonna podcast I heard. Like, can you just introduce me wherever I go with those with that <laughs> intro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Um, yeah. And yeah, what a great intro. <laughs> I was wondering <laughs> if you were going to open up with since the Britney Spears memoir and the Justin Timberlake thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even read the book, but I just hear all I the have. excerpts from Michelle Williams. What did you think of the book? Oh, man. Gosh, that could be a whole other episode. A whole well, podcast? Will, oh, another yes, episode of the podcast? Yes, it could. But I will <laughs> say that I am very glad that Madonna unfollowed Justin Timberlake. I have never gotten a good vibe from him either, Wayne, like what you said in your mm-hmm. previous episodes. I just never, I never really liked him. I, I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very emotional memoir to read. And I'm really glad that Madonna is on Britney's side. I mean, I could go on a whole 
tangent about, yeah. I mean, do I think Britney is completely okay now? No, but all these other things leading up to it, the trauma. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I wonder, I know, because like, aren't Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake like best friends? So would Madonna go back on Jimmy Fallon? Who oh. I can't stand either. Really? Jimmy Fallon <laughs> is another person I can't stand. I don't, I don't find him funny. Um, huh. He's had some funny moments on Saturday Night Live, but I've never found him like hilarious or funny. He, and whenever Madonna is on the show, he just kisses her ass. And I hate that because he doesn't like, I think Madonna likes a volley. She likes yes. it when people like kind of push back, give her a hard time so she can then, you know, give her her clever wit and, and volley back and forth and just have like, like her and David Letterman, for example. Oh my gosh. Or the time she obliv- like obliterated David Letterman yeah. at, on national TV. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> Even with Arsenio Hall, I feel like they had a good volley. Like Ars- Arsenio would still play around with her a little bit, but then ask her like a serious question. And then they'd go kind of like back and forth. And and with Jimmy Fallon, he's just like, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, put your... Put your grill in. I can't hear. I can't hear a lisp at all. Uh, like, <laughs> just like, like, just kissing her ass, and just, I just can't stand that. But anyway, yeah. oh. um, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, one thing I always ask everyone that comes on the show is, I want you to tell me about your Madonna journey. When did you become a fan? When when did you become aware of uh, her presence and and what made you latch on to it? Oh, wow. So it's really interesting how, again, your intro, how it all ties together to the 90s. So I first saw Madonna, like probably most 90s kids did. We were watching, you know, MTV, watching NSYNC, Britney Spears. And then, as you know, Frozen came out. And I immediately became hooked on that music video and the song. I just fell in love. Now, I'd known who Madonna was, just hearing my parents talk about her. And just, I, I knew who she was, but I never really listen to her music but when frozen came out i had to get the ray of light album of course it was on cassette tape still cds were still Ooh, just coming yeah. yeah they were still getting there and yeah major fan right off the bat and then of course i had to go backwards so i remember each it was right around christmas too so i was asking my mom and dad well can i have the like a virgin album for christmas can i have erotica for christmas and mind you i'm in seventh grade and so i had to <laughs> they had to buy me the clean version because i was still i don't know how old are you in seventh grade like me 12, 13, uh i think it was 12 13 it's 12. like it's around yeah, the tweens yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it was still kind of that that weird area of you're not quite a teenager so i hear i am becoming obsessed with madonna <laughs> It's, it's a joke, but I know that um, they say, my parents say Madonna is what screwed me up, but it's like, no, I consider that the <laughs> biggest compliment. <laughs> so yeah, so basically MTV 1990s and yeah, just going all the way back. And then from that point, I started wanting her VHS tapes of all the different tours. And as you know, the internet was still fairly new. I was going on Madonna websites and mm-hmm. Uh, I was printing off pictures of her to put on my wall, along with Leonardo DiCaprio, the Spice Girls, all that. But yeah, except for me, Madonna was part of that and was the main part of my teenage year wall. So even though I was a, I guess I consider myself a late bloomer Madonna fan, but still, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad the Ray of Light era se- seems to be really popular for a lot of people. Yeah. 
and it just celebrated 25 years. Am I doing yes. the math right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's been a long journey and it, it's hard to, it's hard to think that Ray of Light was that long ago, 25 years. Yeah, I know. It's well, even the album we're talking about today was 12 years ago, right? So, yeah, 11 years ago. So, yeah, 11 years or... ago. <laughs> People yeah, are going to be questioning our math skills. I got I an know. A in math, by the way. I got an A in calculus, but so, I can't yeah. do basic subtraction. <laughs> I did not. I was bad at math, so I, I have the excuse. But yes, yeah. Uh, gosh, yeah, at least over 10 years ago, MDNA, but it, it seems like it was, I feel like it was just released. <laughs> Yeah. I I mean, the music is so poignant where even when, well, we did also get it revived last year when we got all those frozen redos with Fireboy, DML. Yeah. And I do remember for like Ray of Light and Frozen, I remember having, I care back, back to Ray of Light. We will get back to MDNA, I swear, like you were saying, but, um, (laughs) But yeah, I do remember having some cassette tapes of remixes too. Of the oh yeah, Frozen. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Frozen, Frozen, Ray of all the all the singles from that album had remixes and remix okay. like CDs, CD EPs. Um, were, were there cassette singles for the remixes? I don't even remember because I think I had. That's around the time where I just started exclusively buying CDs. Yeah, so. The- um, I just know there was a lot and I would always get like the imports as well, because sometimes the imports would have different remixes that you couldn't get in the U S. Um, but luckily they've all been released on streaming platforms now. So, uh, yes. I believe all the singles from, um, Ray of light have been released on streaming. Nice. Yeah. I think I so saw a lot exciting. of those too. Yep. All on Apple. It looks like, mm-hmm. yep. They're all there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I know that you are a, a licensed therapist, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things I know that we wanted to talk about today is heartbreak and healing. Yes, is is what we're calling it, and it's it's kind of like I want you to talk about a little bit about like your Madonna influence on life from like a therapist point of view, and how it how it has helped you with. Um, dealing with and managing emotional things, you know, from, from heartbreak and healing. Oh man. Do we have all day? (laughs) Um, Well, I I think I, with that, I go back to what you were saying in one of your other episodes that you said that how Madonna has always just been just omnipresent, no matter what kind of era of your life that you're in. I, I feel like she has a song, she has an era for Mm -hmm. anything that you need to process. So like, for example, express yourself is probably one of my favorite songs of where I, when I really need to just get up and feel empowered, that's always there, but it's interesting looking at all her albums over time. Yeah. So many songs just hit right exactly with what you're going through. And just as a woman, what she was going through and what I'm going through, it's, It's truly amazing, and again, MDNA. I it's 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 really kind of funny. I know you you and I joke about this all the time, but I never wanted that to be my era of Madonna, <laughs> a post guy Richie era. But here we are. Um, but the thing is, like the music is, is just so helpful, and her 
and I know we'll get into this a little bit later, the, the tour and just the this videography of everything and processing. It's just, there's always a song I can go to with whatever I'm going through or need to feel at the time. Yeah. And well, it's funny because I think when I met you, you had said you were a Madonna fan, but you know, like sometimes I meet people and they say they're a Madonna fan. I'm like, Oh, okay. And there used to be times where I'd be like, Oh, did you see that thing? Oh, I'm not familiar with that. Like, Oh, well, if you don't know that she just had an album out, then I guess you're kind of like a casual fan, which is fine. You know, you're just Mm -hmm. like the hits You're, you're kind of like, you could just live with the immaculate collection and you'd be fine. But um, but then there's people that like know everything about her, know all the the tours and a lot of people that know more than me. And I think I didn't realize that about you. And we were having a conversation. I think it was at the cast party for, and I call it the cast party where we just sat in someone's living room in complete silence for, for a couple hours. But I remember you just kind of generally talking and you're like, oh yeah, my gangbang era. And I'm like, excuse me, you're what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what, what What kind of life do you live? But you were literally referring to the song Gang Bang from yep. MDNA. Um, but, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and just jump into MDNA. And let's talk about like what was happening around this time. So we hadn't really seen much of Madonna since the the Sticky and Sweet tour. She had gone on a second leg where she was going to all these different countries that she either has or hasn't, like lots of places like in Russia. Um, And uh, I remember she she kind of sparked controversy because she was in support of Pussy Riot, who Mm -hmm. was being jailed in Russia just for being gay and performing on stage. Um, But, uh, and I believe they wanted to arrest her as well because she was in support of pussy riot so it was kind of like uh like she always does she was stirring up a little bit of controversy um and then she came out with celebration the greatest hits package which i think is an atrocity to all fans everywhere but i've talked about that already or i'm sorry Um, i do like revolver that was the one thing i did get off that album (laughs) okay um (laughs) you can have that i'm gonna take the album version of celebration (laughs) Uh, <laughs> but, um, th- that was like kind of the last time we saw her. And this was a couple years later where she did a skit on Saturday Night Live with Lady Gaga. Yes. I do which remember that. I thought was very cute. And a lot of people don't like it because a lot of Madonna fans just don't like Lady Gaga, which, you know, that's, that's their thing. They're allowed to like what they like and not like what they don't like. I thought it was a cute skit. I did too. And it was, it was great because Lady Gaga was this up and coming person and she was being seen as sort of like the next Madonna, just because based on Lady Gaga is like Madonna in the sense that Lady Gaga is also a performance artist where what she's doing with the song and how she performs it is, is just as important as the song itself, which I think Madonna is very, you know, Madonna kind of created and started that, that trend. Uh, and I think people saw the similar similarities and then it just became, Oh, Lady Gaga is just copying Madonna, like for everything, which, you know, born this way. I mean, we can all agree that that was very, (laughs) that and like Babylon are just very Madonna like songs. 
Well, yeah. you know, Madonna, if well, you had released those songs. <laughs> and as you know, we'll probably get in that when we talk about the MDNA tour. Mm-hmm. That, uh, Madonna made it very clear how similar Born This Way and Express Yourself sound. Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> clear. crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because, I, I mean, I will be honest. Like, I, I know we're going on a tangent again, but I do remember when I saw that tour, I do remember laughing my ass off at the time. I'm so sorry. I hate to say it. I, I thought it was funny but but you're right you know you look back on it that you know lady gaga never actually said i'm i'm trying to be madonna but like you said the saturday night live live skit she's being viewed as like the next up and coming yeah madonna so yeah but i I, 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 (laughs) go ahead sorry oh no you're fine no but i remember yeah during that time too it was like either team gaga or team madonna there was no Mm -hmm. in between i remember that at that time like you couldn't be both there's one or the other. Right. And I, I never understood that personally, but. Yeah. Well, and I talked about this because um, I spoke with the author, Mary Gabriel, uh, a couple episodes ago, the the one who wrote the new biography. We were talking about the, the fact that I think we've gotten to a point in our, in our evolution of a society where, you know, we notice influences. So it, there's no way to say that no artist that comes out today has not been influenced by Madonna. We know that Madonna has had such a severe cultural impact to society. And and I think this may or may not be my next project in the next few years, but I want to find every single Madonna reference that has been used in television shows and uh, movies, because there there are references everywhere. I randomly watched Postcards from the Edge. There's a Madonna reference in it. I randomly then watched First Wives Club. There's a Madonna reference in there. Like she's, she was everywhere. She yeah. was referenced because people knew. I don't even know. It, it, it's almost like, um, it's almost like an Easter egg now to to find an old shows. Absolutely, because she was referenced everywhere. And so I think we've gotten to a point where it's like, you know, Madonna is just so ingrained in our culture. We don't need to acknowledge the influence anymore. It's nice to hear that Lady Gaga would say, "Yeah, I was influenced by Madonna," but it's almost like people have to make it a point to say it to then have her like acknowledge it for everything. And I think that isn't really fair to artists because they grew up in a time where it's, it's not like she was trying to recreate the like a virgin bed scene from Bond Mission tour. She just probably just, you know, like you were saying, she's omnipresent. So yeah, it's like a subconscious express yourself has been in my head for years. And I don't know, somehow the melody just came out of me for this song. I don't know if it was, I don't think, I don't think Lady Gaga did it intentionally. No, I don't think think it was. I think it was just more of like, it's kind of like Ed Sheridan who got sued by the the writer of um, No Scrubs because they're like, that's my song. That's No Scrubs. Uh, mm. the, the, what's what's this, a Sheridan song? Shape of You. Uh, yes, That's, yes. He got he got sued by the writer of um, No Scrubs to say that that was her song. She wrote that. She wrote Shape of You. And and when you hear both of the like, well, yeah, I can hear the influence, but is it is it really that song? No. Right. And I think in order to to cl- make that claim, I feel like. I have to be confused by it. Yeah. I have to be or confused. Or if it's intentional. Think, or if it's or if very you know it's intentional. intentional. Right. Yes. Or like if someone's sampling without permission, for mm-hmm. example, then that yeah, yeah if, if your intent 
was to copy, then yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's, I agree with what you're saying. It's like, she's omnipresent. And even in our subconscious, I, I think mm-hmm. artists just subconsciously write songs that, oh, that sounds like Madonna. I mean, of course yeah. it does. Cause it's, she's just, yeah, omnipresent. <laughs> I mean, there's only, there's only 12 notes and there's only 12 notes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's how you combine them, which creates songs. And you, you think of the, the thousands of years that we've written music, that music has been written you're bound to hear you're bound to hear it more than once you're bound to hear it repeat um absolutely but that skit was cute it was fun yeah uh it was great to see her just embrace another artist an up-and-coming artist like that um and then she went on as as the the uh mdna album was about to be released she got the gig of a lifetime she got to perform at the Super Bowl. Oh, yes. Which was a very, uh, it was it was like 12 minutes of pure joy. It really was. I was so happy. And because I'll be honest with you, Wayne, I, like after Hard Candy, I feel like choking just saying that after what you just said. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I was always a Madonna fan, but I never listened to that album either. I kind of just was doing other things and mm-hmm. not checking up on her as much and um but yeah when she did the super bowl it was like oh my gosh i was just like reawakened as well my queen is back i'm so excited (laughs) yeah it was like watching her just kind of what is she going to put together because is she going to put new music in there is she going to put songs from her new album what song what classic songs are she is she going to sing is she going to try to like do a whole cramming session of a bunch of greatest hits which it was a little bit of both we got a little bit of everything and yeah i cannot complain because the that intro the vogue performance just that alone i would have been fine if she just did a 12 minute version of vogue yeah honestly same Same. um yeah oh yeah well super bowl halftime shows that's really the only reason i watched the super bowl but with that one obviously i made sure i was on the couch ready to Uh watch madonna like it was it's always a concert for me if it's an artist i really like (laughs) yeah but there there was a little bit of controversy because of m.i.a she flipped the bird oh yeah (laughs) during her performance of give me all your loving which we'll which we'll talk about in just Mm -hmm. a second we'll eventually get to the album Mm -hmm. um i don't know is that is that a bad thing to flip someone off to flip off the camera you know, what are your thoughts? Honestly, I feel like there are worse things, but, but here we go again with the Super Bowl thing, just in general. I mean, now I'm having flashbacks to Janet Jackson and yeah, Justin, Justin Timberlake. I know. And I, Justin I Timberlake see... who bragged about it and I then, know. and then said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know she was going to do that. Bullshit. Yeah, and and again, I, I'm not familiar with the Super Bowl and just that whole culture. Even though I, I I do live in a conservative town, so I I do hear people say they that the Super Bowl should be very family oriented, and so I I don't know. I I don't know really know how I feel about that because I'm not familiar with the impact of football, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, and like yeah. so many people watching it and it being this family thing. Now again, flipping the bird on on TV, I. I don't know. It, that's a tough one for me. I'm not sure. But also, again, that and that could lead me on a whole other tangent of, well, it's Madonna. Like, do you 
do you really think it's going to be just all perfect and all clean all the time? It's also, yeah. it's a parent, like what Britney Spears says, it's, it's, you're the parent, your responsibility. So right. yeah, the Super Bowl time, again, I, I don't really know how I feel about that because I don't know much about football culture and what that family oriented thing is supposed to look like. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think the rules, these unspoken rules that we place in society are, are a little bit unfair to apply mm-hmm. to everyone. Like this is why you have 13 different cameras around the stage. This is why you have a 10 second delay. So you can account for things like that. They decided, they decided to show that the you know people what? in the You're... booth just weren't paying attention and they try to, they try to like blur the screen after that. I remember, I remember that being a thing. I was like, well, mm-hmm. the moment's already passed. So whoever right. had their finger on the trigger missed, missed the mark. So. Gotcha. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that, that there's a 10 second delay with that. Cause yeah, I, well, cause I remember watching the Janet Jackson incident live and they're, Yeah. Um, and that was like the Janet Jackson, the Janet Jackson thing also kind of annoys me too, because one, her nipple was covered and I get it was like, that's probably not the image you want to show on the television. It had, it was like, I I don't remember what the actual, um, time lapse was, but it was like 0.2 seconds that it was on stage. You had, if you blinked, you missed it. Yeah. But of course, freeze frame on, you know, VCRs or DVRs and throwing it out on all the newspaper outlets. Correct. Exactly. And uh, screenshotted images all over news media. Like, yeah, you can hyper focus on that. And then that's going to be the image everyone sees. Right. So that's probably kind of like the... the legacy that you leave. And that's not I don't think that's fair. No, I don't think that's fair either. So that's probably what happened with the 2012 Super Bowl, the clip mm-hmm. in the bird. I'm sure it happened like two seconds, but of course, everyone's hyper fixating on it. And then that's going to rile up people and just, uh, it should be a family friendly show, da, da, da. But yeah, because I remember, yeah, the Janet Jackson thing when it happened, I didn't even know what, what it was. I was like, oh, something weird happened, but I didn't really think anything of it because I saw it happen live. Right. But then, Same. of course, the next day, just all everywhere. Of, yes. Everywhere. And people were dropping sponsorships from her and she wasn't allowed to perform on the Grammys. Her album sales tanked for the next album. And Janet Jackson was like the number one artist at that time. Like she was, she was always number one when she came out and she was always being shown on TRL. And, and then this just like tanked her career. And the fact that like the person, the person who actually removed her piece of clothing to reveal that was Justin Timberlake and he received mm-hmm. no flack from it at nope. all. Nope. And then to see him, cause you know, they're um, digging up some of this stuff of like his mm-hmm. reactions. He did nothing but play the victim. He, that's mm-hmm. what he did. He's just like, Oh, I'm just so disappointed. This happened. It, yeah. It's so again, I think the media does create, who they want to glorify and who they want to right. trash, which is yep. obviously, I mean, I, I do feel like with Madonna being at the Super Bowl, they were actively looking for something just, okay, what's she going to do? That's controversial. What's she going to do? How are we going to catch her? And how are we going to um, 
try to destroy her career. I, I don't know. I just, I felt that vibe of like, we were, I was really excited, but I was also just, oh gosh, she's doing the Super Bowl. If she does one thing, all these people are, it's just going to be another, yeah. I don't know, Pepsi situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who Who's now like glorifying the ad right. they pulled <laughs> this past year. Yeah. Well, MIA was fined by the NFL commission. She refused to pay it. I think she was fined like $1.5 million and she, she's like, I'm not paying that. They're like, it's breach of your contract. And she's like, no, it's not. So they took her to court. Um, and then they wanted to like add all these. So then they sued her for like $16 million because they wanted a portion of her income and stuff. Like basically what they were saying is like her performance tainted the image of the NFL like her throwing up the middle finger was tainting the image of the NFL. And I'm just like, I mean, I, there was no way for them to prove that claim. I think they like settled out of court or something like that. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, I don't really remember a lot of that. Um, yeah. Cause again, I was just so hyper-focused on, I mean, immediately the next day, I mean, I know YouTube was around, but it, it, it wasn't as, I don't know. I wasn't on iTunes mm-hmm. or, or anything yet yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just like oh my gosh where can i find that like a prayer version with her and CeeLo? i need it now i want it right now and yeah. or where can i find the choir printout where can i find yeah that mm-hmm. so that was my fixation at the time right. um so yeah i, I honestly it wasn't until you brought it up CeeLo, another another problematic person yeah <laughs> i know but we got mdna out of it we did we did we and should go into the tracks and talk yes, about Yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, and, and again, I, I just have to interject again and just say yes. I appreciate you bringing me on for, for this one. I'm glad it worked out, me being able to do this one instead of music because – I know. Um, we're just having for music. We yeah. were. And so this one, I, again, I never thought I would listen to it and have it hit me again this time around, but just being in a different place in my life, back to that healing and that mm-hmm. being that – omnipresent with whatever you have going on madonna brings it but yeah mdna was just wow i mean it it hit me hard this time around it's a it's a good album i feel like it's a good album and i feel like the the hard candy album uh, started her on this new doing the collab thing again i think this hard candy was the start of her just always having collaborations on her records with like some sort of with an artist that has some sort of pop culture relevance. Right. Madonna, does Madonna like these people? I I assume she does because she has reused them in future albums as well. Right. Uh, like Nicki Minaj. Um, this was also around the time that she had her Live Nation 360 deal. This was her first Live Nation album um, that she that she did, right? This was the, her first, the, the last record, the seller, even the Hard Candy and Celebration were on Warner Brothers. And this was the first Live Nation album. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure so if I this knew was, that. This was like your albums and your tours will all be wrapped up into like one deal versus an album deal, tour deals, album deals, tour deals. So, right. Uh, but this has been dubbed her ultimate divorce album. Oh yeah. So let's start with Girl Gone Wild. Oh Tell man. Tell me your thoughts on this song. Oh, so I really, really enjoy that song. I, I will say that is one of my, just one of the lighter hype songs 
if I need it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't really have that same empowering thing for me as like ex- express yourself, but it is one of those like, hey, I'm feeling amazing today. And yeah, mm-hmm. that is definitely a great hype song for me. I, I love Girl Gone Wild. I think it's a great opener because yes, it is. It basically lets you know this is the album you're going to hear. Yeah, this is the music I'm doing right now. It's very EDM. She opens it with the act of contrition. She did the act of contrition separately as a last track on like a prayer. Right. And so we got a little piece of that back, but she she adjusted the she modified the words a little bit, and the video caused a little bit of controversy too. So when it was posted to YouTube, it was like you had to be 18 to watch this. Like you had to sign into YouTube and know that you're. You know, I remember that actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because there was a image where it looked like it was simulated masturbation from one of the male dancers, and that's why that label was put on it. Gosh, yeah, I think I remember that actually. having to sign yeah. into YouTube to confirm that you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's actually, it's like, really, that's one of her lighter videos. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> when it comes right? to explicit content. <laughs> Can we talk about erotica? Can we talk about just uh, all my love? Right. Exactly. I don't think this was even close to being no. the same level as those, but no, not at all. I think because it was Madonna, it, it got the attention from um, those those people that are that are always trying to shut her down. Yep, and they did absolutely. not succeed. Nope, of course not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I really did enjoy that opener. It was just yeah the same the same feeling I got when she did the Super Bowl. It's like oh she's back. Oh yeah, here we go. I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, right. I mean. Uh... To go back, I don't even think we really talked about the, the the Super Bowl that much, but we can talk about it as we go into some of these songs. But to me, like seeing Zinc Vogue performed at the Super Bowl was just this iconic opening. Cleopatra, yep, the the, the Roman soldiers carrying her carrying her in, and um, the way that she looked like a goddess on stage, like. And then performing one of her most iconic songs ever. Like, yes, mind blown. Seriously. Sonically, it's the same version that she uses in the MDNA tour. But I feel like the MDNA tour performance fell flat compared to the uh, Super Bowl performance. You think so? Yeah, no. Uh, people might disagree with me, but <laughs> I, I can do that too because yeah, I I thought the same thing with the Super Bowl opening. It's just yeah, the Cleopatra Trojan horse. It just was, mm-hmm. yeah. I definitely feel the same thing with that. Um, but again, I guess we'll get into the Vogue performance with the the tour too. True, 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 true. But yeah, well, I think what I was getting at too is like Girl Gone Wild opened up the tour as well. Yes, it did, and that was a great opener for that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it was, it was a great hype song to get everyone yep. going. Yep, exactly. The exactly. next song is oh, the one boy. that you had referenced, and I want you to talk more about this because I know that you have you have um, you have a lot of thoughts about how you connect to this one. Um, so, oh, Gang Bang, Gang Bang, wow. 
Oh, I don't even know where I, I began with that <laughs> song. <laughs> well, so I guess I'll start from the beginning. I When I first heard it, um, I, I do remember feeling like, wow, she is enraged about, obviously I knew what she was enraged about, but just, mm-hmm. it was, this is all aimed at Guy Ritchie, obviously. Um, so when I first heard it in 2012, it became my favorite song on the album just because of how it was arranged and that beat and just that, I, I don't know, it was, there was something so powerful about it. But me, my, personally at that time, I wasn't really experiencing any personal rage. <laughs> so I listened to it years later and it's, that is officially my rage song. We all have rage songs, right? That we like to mm-hmm. just... Um, I guess for a lot of people, it's like death metal or um, yeah. something like that. But for me, it is that song. Now, it, I remember having conversations with people about that song at the time of just like, I don't know, because I, I do fall like the political spectrum. You probably, you know, I, I did fall on like the moderate um, spectrum of things. And I remember having conversations with people about this and saying things like, wow, um, you know, Madonna really talks about like shooting people a lot and da da da. And it's like, do I really have to explain this to you? <laughs> um, so, and that's where I can kind of get into that, into that double standard of, so this is obviously a rage song. It is about, I mean, she literally says shot mm-hmm. my lover in the head. Does that mean she's going to go out and actually do that? No. So where the double standard for me comes in is people like, um, was it ACDC have the song Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap about killing people so they mm-hmm. can have that and no one says anything about right. it but she comes up with this really major rage song and of course it's it's talked about and people ask me like wow that's that's really an intense song Lauren and I said well it's intense rage and it, it really captures all of that and just the lyrics from the start to finish it just yeah, uh, probably my favorite line and most impactful line for me in that song is that, um, oh, was it? Then I discovered it couldn't get worse. You were building my coffin. You were driving my hearse. And it's just, I mean, from a therapeutic perspective, just hearing that of just, wow, she was dying in this marriage. Um, yeah. Literally. And you, you don't always see that until after the fact so of course that causes rage um so yeah hands down one of my i mean that is my favorite a uh, song on the album even though it's i feel like i have to explain myself every time i explain why it's my favorite song it's it's a rage song it's not something i, I listen to yeah right all right, the time right. it's not a mood i'm in all the time but it it is one of those songs where yeah, it, it really helps release things for sure. Yeah, one of my favorite lyrics of that song is "Die, bitch." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and the very end, and the, and obviously, and you for my personal thing, you probably know my favorite song is that the, if you're gonna act like a bitch, then you're gonna die like a, die bitch. Like a bitch. So, my thing is for that. I see that metaphorically as just when someone has hurt you so bad, you have to quote unquote, kill them off. Like that means cut them off. That that's where I feel like she's getting from that. She's metaphorically killing him. I mean, so again, it's really sad that I have to 
always explain myself why I like that song and like, no, do I believe in actually going out and shooting people? No, it's no. Yeah. It's that double standard, it's, which I, it's really annoying. Right. And I, I think some people have a hard time um, deciphering metaphors, especially from like an art form, like music, like music yes. is an art form. It's about being able to express your emotions without having to act them out. You know, when people talk about, Oh, I feel like I want to die. People don't, necessarily feel like they want to die but i mean there are some people that are strictly autobiographical yep. when they write their music and they write their songs but if you're a madonna fan or if at least you know something about madonna music someone at this point who had had music out for over 30 years you know that her her music is metaphorical it is not it's not um uh what's uh, what's the word literal so right. i think uh instead of her saying, oh, I'm, I'm killing off this own persona of me. No, I'm killing off the persona that I was when I was with this person I was unhappy with. I'm killing yes. off this, this image of this person that I thought was, but isn't. And I need them to go away so that I can be my true self. So I can be a girl gone wild. Um, yep. So um, I, I guess if, if you wanted it in a more linear form, you could have put gangbang before a girl gone wild, but that, that doesn't make sense sonically for it the doesn't. album. So it, she didn't. <laughs> right. It doesn't. And then gangbang was excluded from the Walmart edition. If you got the no, album at Walmart, it? they removed it um, because it was depicting violence, which I think is absurd. That is considering, absurd. Considering the movies they sell, considering other albums that they sell, like, come on. Yeah. So again, it's, there we go back to that double standard. And again, we'll talk about that when we get into the tour, but acting it out on stage, walking around with mm -hmm. the gun. But, but again, you see artists like, I mean, Kiss, ACDC, they're always talking about stuff like that. And um, I mean, again, I, I don't know, but I, a lot of artists like, you know, Brett Michaels, I think from Poison, again, don't quote me on this, but I think they're really into like firearms and, you know, I've mm -hmm. heard in concerts, they flash around all that too. So it's just, yeah, when she does it, it's depicting violence. So yeah, well, where's where's the the um, fist up in the air for Second Amendment rights when Madonna has the gun? You know Correct. what I mean? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, but of course, when she has the gun, and just like a lot of women, you're labeled, "Oh my gosh, you're a crazy bitch," and mm -hmm. um, how dare you have rage and how dare you have extreme feelings? That's that's what I got when I had to explain myself for loving that song so much. That was the main thing I got yeah. out of it. It's like, well, again, this is rage and fire that guess what? Surprise. We feel those yep. things too. <laughs> yeah. People have a lot of fear about people that they try to disparage having any type of power. So I think with more conservative, I think, those people that want to disparage women, they want to disparage um, queer people, they want to disparage other races, they want to disparage other religions, they they go into panic mode when they see these other um, categories of people having any sort of empowerment with the same things that these people claim should give them empowerment. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's such... I mean, yeah, it's just the double standard contradiction of like, well, you, you know, you can't have it both ways. So, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. That's right. 
I mean, you can, but you you can't expect people to not push back. Right, and you can't expect people just to be quiet and behave themselves if you want to exactly. have your, your cake and eat it too, because eventually you freaking snap. Like, because if this... you get to have your cake and eat it too, everyone gets to have their cake and eat <laughs> right. it too. Right, like, like in this song. You can't put limits on it. Exactly. Right, like in this <laughs> a song. song. I think... Yes. <laughs> let's so let's I... clarify that. It's a song. In the song. It's a song. She's not going <laughs> to actually go out and kill somebody. But yeah, um, but yeah, and I think that was her version of just snapping, like just, mm-hmm. you know, how dare you? you? You said you were in love with me and you love me for who I am. But then, I don't know, God forbid she would actually start being herself again and not being a people pleaser. And yeah. Yeah. And then probably, I mean, from what I understand, I, I mean, I'm sure he's the one who asked for a divorce, I believe, right? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know either. I'll be honest, like, I'm not, I'm not into that aspect of her life. I, I understand that things that she goes through personally impact her art and her music that she does. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily interested in learning all that drama or the, the salaciousness of like things like that. It's, it's kind of, I mean, because when you think about it, you start getting wrapped up into that stuff and it's kind of like you know what this is really none of my business if this was like a family friend or something like that that's Mm -hmm. none of my business yeah so why is it my business just because she's a public figure yeah and so the reason i bring that up is because i remember like when the whole thing was happening um I saw on YouTube, there was a whole, now there was a whole British documentary of like all these people speculating what happened and why they split. Mm -hmm. And it was very biased towards, um, you know, Guy Ritchie. And it's like, you know, she caused all these things. And again, it's speculation. It's no one's business. So I'm just wondering if that was part of like her way of releasing that too. It's like, um, you know, the UK tabloid. So it's like, well, yeah, (laughs) Guy is is from the uk guy is a guy uh and madonna is an outsider madonna has always caused controversy so it must be her she's an american you know and you know so i think and she's a woman so i think it's just like all those things combined make people feel like oh well she was probably to blame yep yep exactly exactly and and honestly it doesn't matter who's to blame why would you want people to stay together that that don't work well together anymore right you know sometimes things just weren't meant to be right right exactly so and again and like i said i'm sure she was very much painted during that time of like wow she snapped and quote unquote gone crazy because of this art form and mm-hmm. this song of, as a way of releasing um so yeah that's my biggest take on that is just it's a really amazing rage song and yeah that was the first song i, I always thought that too but just until recently, I really started realizing the the double standards because, yeah, just people asking me about it, like why you, you, I have to justify why I like that song. Now, again, do I listen to that song every single day and meditate to it? No, but, but still. Sometimes it, you it, need it. Sometimes it's representative of, of what you might be going through. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Track three is I'm Addicted and mm. Thoughts. I saw your face. <laughs> what was that face? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That one's a, a tricky one for me because I, I don't, the lyrics are 
I, I think have a purpose, but just the way the structure of it, I don't know what that's called, but just that beat in the back, it's not my favorite arrangement. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'd like to know what you think about that one too. I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs on the really? album. <laughs> okay. All right. Now I want to pick that apart. All right. Now your turn. I picked apart Gang Bang. Um, um, no, I, well, one, it, it references the, the album title, which we didn't really get into, but MDNA, which is kind of a play on words because, um, you know, this is EDM music. She's, she's working with Benny Benassi. She's working with um, William Orbit again. She's working with Martin Solvig. I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, but she's working with a lot of these uh, DJs who are part of like the EDM culture. Uh, okay. And so she refers to her album as MDNA as in a way to be like, it's like you're on drugs, like MDMA, which is, I believe that it's just another name for, okay. for ecstasy, right? Um, which a lot of people tend to take at these EDM festivals. So, but it's also a play on words because it's MDNA. So if you say it all together, it's Madonna. Right. So, or it's M. DNA as in Madonna's DNA, like in her blood. So I think it's just like a very playful way. And she does reference it in this song. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I love, this is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. It feels very, it feels very pop and EDM at the same time. And I also feel like it's, it's very reminiscent of Confessions on a Dance Floor. And this is where some people will disagree with me where I feel like if you take some tracks from MDNA and pair them with some songs on Confessions on the Dance Floor, they ma- they mix well. If you play this against, uh, if you play I'm Addicted either right before or right after Future Lovers, they fit. It works. Um, so I don't know. I feel like this is just like, is it a party song? No. The, did the performance on the MDNA tour live up to the the track itself i don't think so but i think it's a great song for me to just listen to and i just love the m d n a so i do love that at the end i will say i do like that i mean it's not a song that i like skip over by any means um Mm -hmm. but just like if i had to rate it's not my favorite one on the album there's a few that i like a little bit better than that one but and no, I, I appreciate your insight into it because yeah, I I didn't even realize that that that's a play on oh, yeah, yeah. that culture. So, <laughs> um, but uh, but I also uh, when she's doing N D N A N D N A, there's a when she comes in with a sing voice, a singing voice too, and she goes N D N A N D N A. Like yeah. I just love that. So yeah. no, I do like yeah. It's one of my faves. Yeah. On this album, but we get to the next track. Turn off the radio. This was a single. This was the yes. last single, I believe. What are your thoughts before I tell you mine? So if we're going in the album sequence, I feel like Turn Up the Radio is like, okay, we've gotten pretty intense. Let's take a break. Let's go back to the lighthearted thing, um, mm-hmm. Turn Up the Radio. Because it, it's very much a feel-good song. I, I do like it. Um so again, if we're going by the album sequence, I feel like that's we need that kind of break after things like gangbang. It's like, whoo, let's lighten it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I really, I really enjoyed the single. I loved the video. Um, 
Yeah. I Again, not my main favorite, but I do like yeah. that song. I mean, I don't know if I would put this like high on the list of favorites, but I do love this song. I feel yeah, like it's same. very, it's very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's something that the way that the song is produced and the way and the words that are with it just make it sound very hopeful. Like we all have those songs where it's like, oh my god, that was just the worst fucking day of my life. And you just want to get away from it all and just drive down the road and put down all the windows. Yeah, just have it, the air rushing in your face yes. and the music just loud. Yeah, so for me, that definitely reminded me of that summer, what, like when I would go camping um, like in mm-hmm. West Virginia and just, again, go to the mountains. That was definitely a song of just, oh, we're getting away. It's, it's, it's like a summer vacation song for me. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. It's that re- it's that relaxing. Let's reset your nervous system after exactly. something like gangbang. Yeah. What are your thoughts on "Give Me All Your Lovin'? Which was the first single. Oh, well, actually, it technically was not the first single off this album. We'll get to that one in a minute. But um, this was the one that set the set the tone of what the album was going to be, and kind of helped promote her Super Bowl performance because the video was very. There was football players. There was a football. Uh, she was throwing a baby like a football. Like it was. <laughs> um, oh, there was the 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 fucking what was what was the vodka she was promoting all the time. We'll we'll get into her commercialization, but um, yeah. Uh, um, but what are your thoughts on this song? I will be honest. Of all the songs in the album, this is the one I would not mind skipping. Okay. I I think. Again, I like some of the lyrics to it, but just that kind of campy cheerleading sound, i it's not for me. I, I don't know what it is. I think because I, I tried cheerleading when I was a kid and I just, I hated every second of it. So maybe it brings back memories of, it's like, no, trauma. Uh, this, yes, exactly. <laughs> of just those cheesy, ah, da, da, I don't know. But it, again, not my favorite. Some of the lyrics mm-hmm. that are in it, I think, are okay but for me it's just a little too campy and that is one of the only songs i wouldn't mind skipping i don't hate it but it's not my favorite that's fair um i do like this song it is not necessarily a song that again like if i were putting together a a group of favorite songs of madonna i don't know this one necessarily be up there but i thought it was a great when i heard this because i heard the the one that got leaked before uh, MIA and Nicki Minaj put their put their uh, raps on, raps on there. I remember hearing it and feeling so relieved that she wasn't continuing in a direction similar to Hard Candy. And I remember being really excited because the music sounded very like kind of go go music, uh, not the go go's, but like go go music in general, like sixties um, go go sound. Mm-hmm where I was just getting excited by that because I was really also into, I was really starting to get more into like alternative music, which okay. sort of had similar sounds like um, La Tigra uh, was a band I was starting to get into fits in the tantrums. Like it was starting to have this kind of like retro alternative music sort of had like this retro sound to it. And I was enjoying Madonna sort of going in that kind of a direction versus 
what she had been going through with uh, Timberland and Pharrell. Yeah, so yeah, I was excited know, for this. And I'll be honest with you. I, I probably would feel the same way you do. Maybe it just didn't have that cheerleading yeah. part of the beginning. <laughs> Honestly, maybe that's just what did it for me. It's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I loved MIA and Nicki Minaj's addition to the track. I loved seeing, because Nicki Minaj was blowing up at that point. But I remember her being somewhere after some show or, or maybe it was like an, after an interview where people were like waiting outside for her, getting her. And someone asked her, like, who do you want to work with next? And she's like, um, Madonna. And she got really excited when she said that name. And then cut to a couple years later, here she is working with Madonna. And, and seeing, I love that they did the close up on Nicki Minaj's face when, yes. the, when they are doing the cheer in the beginning. The, L U V Madonna. When yes. they said the word Madonna, you see Nicki Minaj's face with this huge grin. Well, see, and that okay, so maybe that makes it worth it then. I don't know, but I mean, I it, maybe take a. I know you've already revisited, and yeah, it's 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 a very cheesy, cheesy, cheesy song. It's the lyrics. This is her cherish for me. Like it's yeah, the okay. lyrics are very cheesy, but I don't know. I just like. I can smile listening to this song. I don't dread listening to this song. Um, uh, but you know, I don't. I don't know. It was. I liked the way it was performed on the Super Bowl. I liked the way it was performed on the tour because um, she what she did on tour was what she wanted to do at the Super Bowl. But they said that the rigging to have all of those drummers um, elevated like that was impossible to do in a center stage that had to be built in like seven minutes or, or however long they had to put the stage together. So gotcha. I'm glad that she got to do it for her tour and show us her original vision for it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I think I might have to re revisit it again with that, <laughs> with that in mind. You don't again, have to, maybe, you can still hate it. Maybe afterwards. it was just it's... a cheerleading thing for me. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Please be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the Madonna Get Together on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna Get Together. Until then, my beautiful strangers. <laughs>